Welcome to the City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 32. This is really good, so, uh, so get ready. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Amen for that. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we, we thank you, Father, for this uh, time of worship together. And we ask that as we spend time in your, in your word, that we would be changed and transformed by what you want to tell us today. I pray, oh God, that uh, our hearts would be attentive and that we would not let this moment pass us by without truly leaning in to hear you, God. We love you. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you are doing in us and through us. We ask in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Before I jump in, I wanted to give a shout out to a couple of special guests that we have here. We have Pastor Manuel and Ligia Lima and their sons from Brazil. Could you help us welcome these guests? So good to have you here. Tão bom ter vocês aqui. Sejam bem-vindos. Uh, they'll be ministering in the Portuguese service along with Sunday, the adult Sunday school class. So I highly encourage you. They're actually overseeing the work of the Church of the Nazarene in the country of Brazil. And so it's actually a pretty big deal that they are here with us. And so we really want to just show them that ambassador's uh, welcome. Uh, growing up, um, I, I remember several things that my teachers would say to me uh, kind of growing up. You, you know those things that people say to you that you just, you just never forget? It might be a word. Sometimes it's a look. Remember that, that look that somebody gave you that you never forgot? Or it could be a, just a moment in time that it just stays just stuck in your memory. I remember my second grade teacher, Mrs. Estrella, uh, called me a chatterbox. And, uh, and I've never forgotten that she called me that. Didn't she call me that? She wrote it on my report card to my parents, sent it home. She said, Shane is a great kid, but he's a chatterbox. I, I received that as a word of prophecy for what the calling of God was, right? Yeah, she was speaking a word. Yeah, and uh, so praise, she was actually a woman of faith, so I received that as a, as a positive word. But she called me a chatterbox. And I always thought I was like the quietest of kids. But in her class, I wasn't. Um, so she called me a chatterbox, and I never forgot it. In eighth grade, my teacher, Mrs. Cabral, uh, gave, me a, gave me a word. It was about halfway through eighth grade year. And, uh, and she told me, she pulled me aside one time and told me that I had a good heart. And, and then she kept repeating Proverbs 4 to me. Every day that she would see, see me, she would say, Shane, guard your heart above all else. She told me that every single day. I mean, I was really blessed with some great teachers, but she told me that every day, Shane, guard your heart. Shane, guard your heart. And, and I never really gave it much thought, you know, in eighth grade, in a Christian school with like three kids, there wasn't much to guard from. <laughs> but I joke, but I'm serious. And, but later on, I realized 
the weight of her words, that there was something on me that, that needed to be guarded. And she, and I think really, like, I, I believe in the power of words, right? And she said that to me every day for the rest of the year, Shane, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. I remember my college professor, not a woman of God. I mean, I don't know, but I, I never had that conversation with her. Probably, no, she knows I'm a pastor. We ne- yeah, she's an atheist. She really is, though. I'm just remembering this. She really is. And, and, and she actually wrote my recommendation to seminary. But she's an atheist. But she was my favorite. Like, we've had, she was the first female reporter at the Providence Journal. This is back in, like, forever ago. She's super smart. At this point, she's super old. But she, 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 she called me one time. She said, Shane, you're an excellent writer. Yes. Yeah. Come, I need to get that book out before I'm 30, right? Yes. I'm 29 now. Time's of the essence. But she told me that. And I'm like, wow, this is coming from the first female journalist at the Providence Journal is telling me that I, Shane Elton Lima, am a good writer. And I never forgot it. Because if a journalist tells you you're a good writer, guess what? You're a good writer. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. She told me it. And, And words are powerful. I mean, Scripture says that the power of life and death are in the tongue. Proverbs uh, 13 also says that a man or a woman who guards their lips are wise. Come on, somebody. But somebody who is loose with their lips brings about their own destruction. James goes so far as to compare the tongue as to a rudder that guides a large ship or a small spark that sets a whole wildfire ablaze. You know, Scripture talks over and over about the power of our words. What we say is powerful, and equally, what we don't say is powerful. Your silence is just as influential as your speech. What you, you, there's this nice phrase in Portuguese that says, quem cala consente. What that means is those who are quiet agree. There are some times where the church needs to stop being silent about the things that matter. A lot of times we're adding our voice to fights that we have no business in and staying silent on the battlefields where we should be. Uh, this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to hone our voice. So that when we speak, what we say carries weight. And when we are silent, what we fail to speak will also carry weight. What you say matters. What you don't say matters. How you say what you say matters. Have you ever said the right thing with the wrong tone? The right thing with the wrong tones means you're wrong still. I never got that until I got married. (laughs) You can be right, but have the wrong tone. And I've heard this a million times from my wife. Three years, I've heard it a million times. Shane, it's not what you said. My sermon. It's not what you said. It's how you said it. 
And I'm like, sweetheart, I'm sorry. And then she'll say, if you were sorry. You wouldn't have done it again. Right? How can you? Wait, what did you say, Raisel? Because I was not preaching. I feel like you were preaching in the front row. You're like, she's she's turning, she's messing with her purse, but she's looking in the direction of Rahim. She's like, she's like, if you keep saying sorry, you're going. (laughs) Why do you keep saying sorry? Come on, husbands, let's get it right. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. Here's the thing. Mrs. Estrella called me a chatterbox. Words are my thing, but your biggest gift can sometimes be your biggest detriment. Because your calling misdirected becomes a curse. And so what God wants to do is not silence you, but hone you. H-O-N-E. Hone, like shave, trim, contour, cut, purify, fix. Like, you have a voice. But I pray that God can use your voice to do good. Because if the power of life and death are in the tongue... What we say matters. Now, let me qualify this. I'm not a name it and claim it preacher. What I mean by that is, I'm not going to see that Lamborghini and say, that Lambo is mine in Jesus' name and expect God to give it to me. I'm also not a prosperity preacher. What I mean by that is, I'll stand up here and give you a very convincing and persuasive speech about how much you should give this morning and what God is going to do for you in return if you follow my instruction to give. That's contrary to everything the Bible says. Facts. That's contrary to everything the Bible says. Look, none of us have anything that's great enough to give God, to convince God to give us anything that he has. Because God is good all on his own. And God blesses without measure all on his own. Now, I believe in being faithful, and I believe God honors faithfulness. That's a totally different conversation than me telling you, you better give 100 today, and God's going to give you 1,000 on Monday. Now, God may give you 1,000 on Monday. Come on, I received that. But it's not going to be because, let me just, let's just get those definitions straight. So we're not name it, claim it. We're not prosperity driven. I believe that God is good all on his own. But I do believe that God has given us power in our speech to bless or to curse, to speak life or to speak death, to speak a word of blessing or to speak a word that, 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 that curses or brings down or destroys. And so Paul is giving a word to the church in Ephesus and he's saying, don't even let corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion. Meaning there are some good words that don't fit the occasion. There are some things that are the right thing to say, but not the right time to say it. 
So some of us have our opinions and we're putting all of our opinions on social media because we claim that we're right. And you may very well be right, but it may not fit the occasion. A good thing spoken at the wrong time is still wrong. It's like saying the right thing with the wrong tone. It's still wrong. Church, I want to encourage you. Choose wisely what you say, because if you're always running your mouth, the value of what you're saying decreases. The less there is of something, the more value is given. I don't want when I speak that when words are are coming out of my mouth, that it goes in one ear and goes out the other. I want when I speak, I want people to know that what I say has value, that what I say carries weight, that my yes is yes and my no is no. And so church, I really think that God wants to start using your words to build life and to bless people. So don't just give away your words to anything or anybody because it may not be worth it. Tweet, post, gram, snap. Remember two weeks ago I said I'm snapped out, and I am. Snapped out. Because we're talking so much because everyone has a voice. Everyone has a voice, but not everything needs to be said. Everyone has a voice, but not everything needs to be said. Man, I want my words to carry weight. I want my words to mean something. And I think that with the anointing of God on somebody's voice, that voice can be used to change lives. I believe that. Man, I believe that if you will lend your voice, because here's the thing, you can lend your voice to the enemy. You know how somebody lends their voice to the enemy? Gossip. You're lending your voice. You're putting your vocal cords in the hands of the devil and letting him say what he wants to say. That's what that is. Contention, division, envy, Anything that's like just blah, you're lending your voice to the enemy. But in the same manner, I believe that we are called as a church collectively and as Christians individually to lend our voices to the Holy Spirit so that we can be like the words of Paul, that whenever I open my mouth, I would make known the mystery of the gospel. Church, I pray that we're not a church that likes to talk a lot but that we are a church that lends our voice to the Holy Spirit of God so that when we say what we have to say, it is used of God. Let your voice be used to bring unity. Let your voice be used to bring a word of blessing. Speak a word of encouragement. Here's what's scary. Some of us don't even know what it feels like to encourage anybody because we're always waiting for a word of encouragement. You want a word of encouragement? Sow a seed of encouragement. You want a word of blessing? Sow a seed of blessing. You want to be blessed, give a blessing. You, you, do you want a good word to come to you, give it back? You reap what you sow. So, speech is a fruit. My main idea this morning, this is like the takeaway. You forget everything else, this is what you need to remember tomorrow. Is that what you say speaks to who you're listening to. What you say shows what you're listening to. Can I be honest with you? I sing Peace Be Still by Lauren Daigle every day. I sing Reckless Love every day. Why? Because I listen to Peace Be Still and Reckless Love every day. Have you ever gotten that song? It's stuck in your head. 
Man, I've sung about the mountains he can't climb up and the valleys he won't raise up a billion times. Because I cannot get that song out of my head. I can't get peace be still out of my head. Peace be still, say the word, and I will. Dancing in the deep, I sing it every day. Because that's what I'm listening to. The voice you hear is the voice you repeat. Check out a three-year-old. Put a three-year-old around a year. I will watch my nieces play with each other, and they will quote YouTube videos. Hey, kids. And they'll start playing like as if they're the people that are unpacking the eggs. Have you ever watched the videos about unpacking the eggs? Hey, kids, now we're going to unpack the troll's eggs. And Oh, look, that's a hair clip. And they'll, they'll act because that's what they're listening to. Man, if, if what we're listening to is what we repeat, what are we listening to? Church, this morning, I really didn't want to come here today and be like, I don't want you to post on social media no more. I don't want you to gossip no more. I don't want you to say that about them no more. I don't want you to talk bad about them no more. Because you know what? That's just behavior modification. You know what I want you to change? Who you're listening to. Because if you're going to change the source, you'll change your speech. If you'll change what's going in, you'll change what's coming out. Jesus said it best, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Worship in, worship out. Word in, word out. Spirit in, spirit out. I'm telling you, that's the way it works. Opposite is just as true. Trash in, trash out. Foul language in, foul language out. Let me go deeper. Course joking in, course joking out. My grandmother, who, bless her heart, is 90 years old, she would always, whenever we would laugh at a joke, she would always say this, you wouldn't laugh if it weren't dirty. And it wasn't a dirty joke, but she always thought if it was funny, it must be dirty. Bless her heart. But I want to ask you, what do you laugh at? Because what you laugh at speaks to your values. It speaks to what you think is okay. Did it, did it hurt too much? No. no, I think it was a good one. That was a good. Because I, we're all guilty. We're all guilty. Let me just speak one more word of encouragement. Not everything needs to be reposted just because you laughed at it. There are some memes that I will laugh at because it was just innately funny, but it has no place on my stuff. The flesh laughs. The spirit's like, you better get in check. Right? Like, and this is Christian living 101. But we need to get the 101 before God can take us to the 102. Ever got, took those classes in college? It's like, you have to take psych 101 before you go to psych 110. Right? Same, same difference. A lot of us are struggling with the reposting. Trash that doesn't need to be reposted is all over our timeline. But then we want to have authority. Yeah. 
spiritual authority. But meanwhile, our online life is trash. Hello? It makes no sense. God can't bless double-minded men. I feel like y'all are looking at me like I'm going too hard, but I'm going to keep going. Because there's something powerful about what we're saying in the 21st century. Don't minimize it as, well, that's just funny. No. No, it's not proper. It's not right. Hello? Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only what is good for building up. If Paul were in 2018, let no corrupting posts come out of your hands, but only such as is good for building up. He would have said the same thing in different language. The message version probably says that by now. Right? Do not post anything on Facebook. That, that's probably what the message version says. Because I know what's at stake. I know what one damaging word can do in the church. It starts over there in the corner. Before you know it. And you know what? If we would just call the devil out for who he is and call out his tactics for what they are, we wouldn't give him the time of day. If we would starve fires instead of feeding them, we'd see less damage. So be mindful of what you say. Be mindful of the words that are coming out of your mouth, that everything we say would be words of blessing, that they would be words of encouragement, that they would be words that build up, that they would be words that give life, that they would be words that glorify the name of Jesus. And you may be like, Shane, like you're being a little bit extreme. Whatever. Ephesians 4, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. If the Bible says it, I believe it. And we're going to live it. Through the power of his Holy Spirit. Are are you with... Speech is fruit. It comes like... You don't propagate fruit out of nowhere. There's no random apples that weren't grown on apple trees. There's no random words that aren't connected to a tree that you're rooted in. So I ask you the question, if corrupt talk is your fruit, what kind of tree do you have? Because it can only speak to an even worse tree. Take it up with Jesus. He said this, you can't have figs come from thistles. That's weird Bible language to say this. You can't have one kind of fruit coming off of some other kind of fruit tree. What's coming out is always going to be because of what it's coming from. What it's rooted in. And so here's the thing. Fruit, right? Y'all love fruit? We talk about mangoes a lot here at the 9 a.m., I love fruit, right? Bananas. All right. So there's two. We're going to bottle it. There's rotten fruit and there's healthy fruit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you ever had a basket of fruit at your house and one thing is rotten? Yeah. Yeah. That thing spreads. Yeah. Those flies come out of nowhere. Yeah. 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 Okay, Vernon, we just cut off the rotten part and eat the rest. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just cut it. My grandfather, if there's like a loaf of bread that has like a little bit of mold, if it has a little bit of mold, I think the whole loaf is, he'll just like cut, he'll he'll do like surgery on the whole loaf, like kung fu on it, carving it out, cut away the blue. 
Yeah, cut away the blue and eat the, eat the rest. But here, and I'm, man, this time flew. I, as I was preparing this sermon, I was like, wow, this is going to be fast. Yeah, I don't know why I said that to myself. This is, okay. If words are fruit, comes from your tree, right? Whatever kind of tree you have. There's healthy fruit and then there's rotten fruit. When the scripture says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, the Greek word for that is sapros, which means rotten. It's the same word that's used when you're describing like rotten fruit. So when we're speaking corrupting talk, what we're giving to people when we speak corruptly to them is rotten fruit. It's like as if you were to hand your neighbor, like, let's eat mangoes, right? I'm going to have a healthy mango for myself and I'm going to give you a rotten one. That's the equivalent of what Paul is talking about in Ephesians. Let no corrupting talk, let no rotten talk come out of your mouth, but only what is healthy and beneficial, that it would give grace to those that listen. And so I really want you to start thinking about what you're saying through the lens of, is it healthy or is it rotten? Is it helping or is it hurting? Is it giving life or is it bringing about death? Because then that will begin to retrain your brain to identify what's coming out. And if it's coming out, then what's going on on the inside? What am I listening to? What's going on, on the, in my private life? And I believe that God wants to begin to root out some of that stuff so that your words can be used as words that bring blessing and encouragement and life. Can you say amen? amen? I believe God wants to do that. And I don't think it's by mistake that God is giving this word to this church today. Because you know what? Fruit reproduces. There are seeds in fruit. So if we speak out death, death reproduces. But the opposite is just as true. When we speak life, life reproduces. When we give encouragement, encouragement reproduces. When we give blessing, blessing reproduces. I believe this, church, that if we will sow seeds of blessing, we will reap a harvest of blessing. You reap what you sow. Church, I want to be an encouragement to you. But I don't want this to just be one way. I want you to be an encouragement to each other. I pray that we would be the kind of church that encourages people to death. Encourages people to life. (laughs) Encourage people to life. This all is part of a larger discussion. This whole thing about speech is part of a larger talk about good versus evil. Jesus versus the enemy. Because you know what? There's this spiritual battle that's taking place. Scripture calls it the heavenly realms. It's not a battle against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, it says. Basically, there are two voices combating for your life. The enemy who is out to steal, kill, and destroy the enemy who only speaks out lies, that's why he's called the king of lies. But then there's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who has declared his truth about us, that we are not slaves, but we are sons. And he has declared with his lips, he has confessed with his lips, with his flesh on that cross, that he loves you. Words are powerful. When when Jesus hung on that cross and declared, it is finished, those words were powerful. When God, at the beginning of time, said, let there be light, that was powerful. 
when Jesus bent down to that woman caught in the act of adultery and asked her, where are your condemners? Those words were powerful. When Jesus, when his disciples asked him, Lord, how must we pray? And he said, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Those words were powerful. At the end of time, when all is said and done, and God is sitting on his throne, and Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, declaring, I am the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, those words will be powerful. Words carry weight. Words bring life or bring death. So church, let us lend our voices to God. That whenever we open up our lips, we would declare words of praise and affirmation and blessing and encouragement. Words that bring life and not death. Choose one person every day this week that you're going to text a word of blessing. Seven people between now and next Sunday, one text per day, send a word of encouragement without any expectation of getting a response. Just send it out. Because the more you set your sights on encouraging other people, the more you yourself will be blessed. The passage ends like this, and you can can stand. I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to be dismissed in just a moment. But I want to read this last verse for you. It says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. The most powerful words are when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. Those words are powerful. When we declare that Jesus is the Lord of our life, those words are powerful. And I believe that when you surrender your life into the hands of Jesus Christ, he wants to use you. He wants to use your life to impact the lives of other people. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to pray for you for just a moment. If this word was an encouragement to you in any way, or if if you're asking Jesus to just use your voice to bless or to encourage others. Church, I, I believe that if we will begin saying that with our lips this morning, God, I want my voice to be used by you. I know that God's gonna begin changing some things in your life. I'm praying that God would use the voice of our church to carry weight in our city, in our community. That when we speak, that people would be forced to pause and listen. If this word was for you, could you just come forward? I want to pray for you.